Good morning. Can everyone hear me okay? Cool. Um, it's a privilege to be here. For those of you who um, don't know me, which I think is a lot of people looking out, um, my name is Greg. I'm part of the team in Liberty Clondalkin. Um, so we meet on Sundays at 6 o'clock out there. I um, was involved out here in Bray um, years ago when we were still meeting in the upper room on Main Street. Um, it's just cool to come back every now and again and just see how God is moving and how, how things are, are growing and how everyone is, is, is moving and kind of just progressing in, in the things that he has. So it's great to, it's great to be here this morning um, to, to speak. Hopefully we'll be finished inside about two or three hours. Um, that's like the standard preacher joke, isn't it? Like, yeah, haha, we're going to be here for ages. Um, we've been, I've been, I've been thinking this week and reading some some stuff and listening to a podcast. Uh, this just really got me challenged about our culture. Um, I've been reading a book. Some of you might have heard of it. It's called uh, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. Has anyone anyone seen it or heard of it? It's really really challenging book. Um, probably one of the most challenging books that I've read. Um, next to the Bible, probably need to just say that just for the podcast. You know, Bible is pretty challenging. I do read it. Uh, um, and the other thing that I've been listening to was a podcast by Chris Vallotton from Bethel Church in the States. And it was called uh, "Becoming a Cultural Architect." Um, and that, if you haven't um, listened to that, um, encourage you to listen to it. It's pretty pretty good as well. Um, and so I've been thinking about our culture and um, what. What that even means, like what does what is culture, and how like how do you um, think about it or talk about it? And uh, in in my job, we've been talking about our team culture and what we can do to to shape that and improve that. And it's just been it's been a funny kind of convergence of all of these different streams. Um, and then being up here this week, that I thought there's something in it to share. Um, someone said that culture is what happens when no one is looking. Culture is the thing that happens when anyone who has the, any authority or any leadership, when they're not looking, culture is what happens behind their backs. You know, that's the how people act. It's their behaviors. It's their thinking. It's their the patterns. Um, whatever kind of you know societal patterns happen naturally when uh, when yeah, I guess just when when in in everyday life we have some we have some issues in our culture, don't we? Um, you know. There's a, everyone knows that big court case that finished up recently um, involving those two boys. Like we have big drug problems, we have big homeless problems, we have some some uh, like free for all thinking. You know, we have some some issues in our culture in relation to um, self-centeredness and kind of this idea of you are the master of your own destiny. And like we have some big issues, right? We have some stuff that really is is changing and shaping our culture. Um, and culture will happen and will, things will be shaped with or without us, right? Like, how, how many things do you see happening or hear on the news um, about, you know, different different patterns arising? Like, I don't know about you guys, but recently in the news, there seems to be just more and more and more either stabbings or shootings. Like, that used to be that you only hear about that, like, you know, every other month maybe, or um, it was pretty rare, but, like, every day last week there was a new stabbing or shooting or something happening um specifically on like the kind of north side of the city and it's just it's crazy like it's crazy that um this stuff is happening and that our culture is is changing and shifting in a direction that i'm really not comfortable with you know something is is happening here that we're like you know 
if you like, heading downhill. Um, so I want to talk about what what we can do um, as uh, carriers of Christ in in that situation. What can we do to to change things? Can we even do anything um, to to try to try shift things and and move things? And kind of in thinking about that, what I got to was like, well, you know, that's great, but like I'm not in a position of influence in in society. Like I'm not like a politician or a counselor or, um, you know, outside of like my job, I'm not a leader. So, um, you know, in, in, in terms of like in, in the communities that I'm involved in. So what can, like really, what can, what can an individual do or what, what even can we do as like a group, as the church, what can we even do to, to have an impact? Um, and so in thinking about that, I kind of realized that, well, you know, Jesus kind of has a pretty strong opinion about what we should be able to do and what um, that we have the ability to do it. Um, like, how much of an impact did he have? You know, we're here two thousand odd years later after he was born, and we're still talking about him, and we're still seeing the impact of what he did and what he taught. Um, and so, if we're called to be like him, then you know, it's not too much of a stretch to think, well, if he can make that much of an impact, and he calls us to be like him then surely he must be able to equip us to to do some of that stuff as well. Um, and there's been some stuff happening recently that I just want to, to highlight in Liberty that um, I think is just an incredible expression of of God's power and God's love that um, you know makes a huge impact in our communities. Was anyone here involved in the Kids Week um, in, in Bray in the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Like, that that is such a powerful... Um, ministry like getting in and and sharing the love of god with kids people who because people who are coming up into the culture that we are shaping right people who are coming up into the society that that we are a part of and that we are uh, impacting in some way consciously or unconsciously so being able to to set a foundation in with our kids that um that sets them sets their eyes on jesus that helps them to experience his love and his power that's uh, like an incredible um Kind of culture impacting um, ministry. Yesterday we had the the big day out in Dolphins Barn in the city, and there was I was involved in the prayer tent, and we were, uh, as you would, might expect, praying for people. Um, and uh, there was these four four young kids came in, maybe nine or ten, uh, football mad, like they are all dressed head to toe in in their team's kit. Uh, two Liverpool fans, which I was glad to see. Only one United fan, so that was nice. Um, and they were just really curious about what we were doing, and they sat down. I don't think they realized it was the prayer tent initially, so we kind of got them in with that. They they sat down, and then they were stuck. Um, and so we were. They were asking, you know, what like what are you doing? And uh, so we said, well, we're we're praying for people. Do you want us to pray for you? And they were like, uh, yeah, sure, I guess, yeah. Um, Initially, I kind of thought they were like a little bit me- like they were messing. They were like asking these questions that I wasn't sure where they were going with. Um, but then they, they they started sharing with us about what they learned in what they knew about Jesus and what uh, they learned in school or or whatever. Um, and so we got to t- share about um, Jesus Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, that he's um, still alive. And and one of them, when we heard when he heard that, kind of turned and he's like, "Wait, you're saying that Jesus is still alive?" And he was like, "Yeah, he's you know he's still alive. He rose from the dead, and you know he's he's alive." And he he kind of looks around like expecting to see him, and uh, he goes, "Where is he?" 
And we're like, you know, he lives inside of us. He's everywhere. Like God is everywhere, but he lives in us when we invite him in. And he's like, that's like, that, he, I won't say the word that he said, but like, that's crazy. Uh, and so then it led it led to us being able to to share them. Like, you know, if if you want, you can have you can ask Jesus to live in you as well, to to come into your life and got to share about what what life with Jesus looks like. And uh, and so all four of them gave their lives to Jesus. And afterwards, one of them uh, said, so you're saying that because I said that prayer, that Jesus is inside me. And we said, yeah, he goes, whoa, I feel so safe. It's just like an incredible moment of realization for someone that that God can really change uh, change a life, that God can, can really have an impact, that it's not just a nice prayer and a nice thought, but that he had this immediate feeling of safety. Um, and how much does that impact uh, his daily life? And then, so we we talked some more and we prayed and just had an amazing time of, um, like they made up this, uh, they just didn't want to leave and they were trying to think of different things that they could talk to us about so that they could stay and hear more. Um, one of them uh, picked up a football and he said, let's play a game. Whoever catches the ball has to has to pray for someone. And uh, and it can be yourself if you want. So they obviously wanted to pray for themselves for something. And uh, so like they started just praying, like having never known that they had this power before, like started praying for their, their futures about like wanting a family and um, that they would, you know, have kids and and have a have a good career and to to move out of whatever situation that they're in. It's just amazing. And for me, knowing that I was going to be up here today talking about culture, it was just a like a such a good picture of like what culture change actually looks like. That you know that t- being taken from a posi- like a place of I don't even know what situation they were in. Um, I don't know what their background was or what um, what their home life looked like, but whatever it looked like, it didn't have Jesus in it. And to, to go from that place to, like, a f- in the space of a few minutes, praying, uh, like, and declaring things over your future and, and changing the course of their lives, like, that's an, uh, such an incredible thing to be a part of. Um, and then the last thing I'll share about that is there we, we found out that one of the boys had something wrong with his bones. He had, like, brittle bone something um and uh his three friends got up stood around him laid hands on him and prayed for healing and like it was one of is one of the i'm getting emotional even just thinking about it It was just in, incredible that you know those four kids experienced something that will change their lives forever and enable them to go into their their communities their spheres of influence whatever those might look like in their school in their homes and speak life and begin to shift um, whatever atmospheres and cultures are are um, are established there, um, and so we definitely have the ability to do this, right? If if a nine and ten year old kid can take hold of something in the space of a few minutes and and just make that much of a change, that much of a shift, then we have that ability uh, through the power of God to do the same thing. Not only do we have the ability to do it, but we also have this expectation placed on us that we will do it. Listen to this in in Matthew 25. This is verse 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, 
Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. And I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we uh, see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Um, so I'll skip over. So he goes, like, for I was hungry and you didn't give me food. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. Verse 45, they ask, well, when did we not do those things? And he'll answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? Like that not only uh, you know, are we called to, um, to do those things individually, but we're called to do it collectively, right? We're called to, to serve people um, as, a, as, a, as a collective, as a nation. You know? And imagine standing before God with, with our nation, with Ireland, standing you know, millions of people, and and God is in, sitting on His throne, judging. What are, what what does that look like for us as a nation? You know, what does it look like? What which side um, do we get do we get pulled to? Is left or the right? Are we a sheep or are we a goat? Um, that, that to me, I found that so challenging this week. Like, um, you know, I I think I'm an okay person. You know, I think I do uh, do the right thing and whatever. Um, I I serve God and and try my best to to do what He tells me. Um, but if I look around in 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 the the circles that I move in, I don't know if that's true. It's certainly not true for everyone in that group. Um, but this is saying that that the Lord was it will judge us t- as as a collective. Um, so we have a, this responsibility to to kind of move move people more into into the sheep side. You know, we have a, a, a responsibility to impact our our society to a point where um, we're all doing this stuff, and that can be that can be a lot. Um, that can be pretty heavy. And like I said, like I don't have a position of influence in society. I'm not a like a, a thought leader or a, an influencer, or I don't have a big uh, you know Instagram following or whatever. Like I, I I don't have that platform to share this stuff. Um, but I think. We all have some. We all have some platform, right? We all have somewhere where we 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 can do our bit. In your family, in your workplace, uh, you know, in in the cafe that you go to every Saturday, um, there's somewhere that that you have relationship and that you have um, the the position to start making that change, to start impacting your your culture and shaping things, um, to to kind of shift the balance. I think God is fair and that he'll that we're not going to be be judged by well you didn't change the whole nation therefore you're going you're going on that side. I think if God calls you to shape a nation and then you don't I think that's where the judgment comes. If God calls you to shape a city and you don't then I, that's where I think the judgment comes. But if you know God will will is righteous and he's graceful um, and he and he's good. I think that the expectation is that where he has called us to, 
that's the place where um, we're expected to to be obedient and to um, to to shape things for him. Listen to verse 40 again. So in, in the version I read is ESV. It says, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Um, the Passion Translation, I don't know if anyone has ever read the Passion Translation. It's probably one of my favorite versions of the Bible at the moment. Um, it just gives such a kind of visual and descriptive representation of, of the word. Here's what verse 40 says in the Passion Translation. Don't you know when you cared for one of the least important of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. There is lots of ways that we can um, that we can shape our culture, but this is this is what I want to focus on today. It's love. I thought this was interesting. This uh, poster over here. Um, was anyone around when when this was done up, where people signed the 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 Declaration of Dependence? Um, I think this is really cool. Uh, the first the first thing on there is that we as uh, members of Liberty Church Bray are determined with the help of God to love unconditionally. And that's what I want to talk about. And we sang about God's reckless love this morning. Um, and like I think it's just, it's interesting that the, that's just being highlighted. Noel told me that he's preaching in the city this morning about love. So there's something, something moving um, in this. And so, Father, I just ask you that you would that you would move here this morning, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord God, that you would enable me to effectively communicate what it is that you would have, have me say, Lord. Let's give this to you in Jesus' name. So all of this, all of that, that stuff I just talked about, where God is, is, uh, has the nations before him and he's separating them based on what they've done, um, he's talking about how they've loved people. You know, how have they served people? How have they sh demonstrated his love to them? And like I said, this, you know, I'm not standing here in a place of condemnation saying that, you know, we don't love people. I think, you know, we've, I just mentioned the, the big day out in the kids week and, you know, like Patrice and Rob are, are, are in uh, Lesotho and people here are partnered with them in that. Like we are, I think we are a very loving church and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we, that we're not, um, or that we need to be, um, you know, doing something. And you're saying, well, we're we're already doing that. I just want this to be like an encouragement that, um, this is what this is what I feel that God is encouraging us to step into some more. And He always has more for us, and he's, there's always more that He can carry us into and equip us for. Um, so, and this is speaking to me as as much as it is um, to anyone else that I'm being challenged in this stuff. Um, so, I, I, I think love is one of the primary things that, that God um, equips us with and allows us to experience for shaping our culture and making an impact. Listen to um, Matthew 22. Someone is asking Jesus, Teacher, what is uh, the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So first up, loving God. That's, um, you know, hopefully this scripture is familiar. That, you know, we have to love God above all else. That's, that's the ultimate commandment. That's what he tells us to do. Um, and then love um, others as we do ourselves. I think this is something that we struggle with a lot. Like it's, you, you, you can talk about it easily, but really how much um, self-love do we have, right? Like I think 
in society we have varying levels of what that looks like um i heard i heard some stories in the last couple of weeks um in the last two weeks in cherry orchard which is um uh kind of a, i don't know what you would call it a suburb um in ballyfermot uh, there's three three young mothers in their 20s took their lives in the last two weeks three three families um left without a mother three communities left um dealing with that grief um self-love i think i think is something that's not um not really encouraged or, or or talked about very much like i think we're getting better like this you know we're as a nation and as a society we're getting better at um you know talking about looking after your your mental health and and you know looking after yourself but i think the focus is 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 all uh, always on like what the work that you can do on yourself right the work that you can do to um to to work through whatever you're working on being supported by different services which are incredible um but we we as christians we have we have another source right we have another another avenue that we can use um to to build ourselves up in love like in society like you've probably heard a lot in the past few years and months about um acceptance and uh, equal love right love you know love is love it doesn't matter what what that looks like and you know there's been a lot of um different changes in our culture and in our society recently around this idea of you know love is for everyone and um it doesn't have to look like what it looked like in the past um you know the lgbtq community has has uh, seems to have exploded in Ireland right there's all sorts of different movements and um parades and and different venues opening up you know to to support this idea of uh, of of love is for everyone right uh, and i believe that love is for everyone god's love is for absolutely everyone and we have um we have i think an obligation to share to share in that and to encourage that john 13 says uh, a new commandment i give to you that that you love one another just as i have loved you and that you are also uh, to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you love if you have love for one another imagine being known for that like you know i think you can all think of someone right who who you know for a certain reason right you know that oh they're the stingy one or like they're the one who will always get the round in or they're the ones who will uh you know who who will send the food back in the restaurant if uh, if they're not happy with it and make a big fuss or there's always you know we have this a bit like this this uh knack for like kind of attaching um stereotypes to people right or attaching like um uh like reputations to people right so you know like oh he's the, he's the angry one or he's the like i said the stingy one or the happy one or like you can just that person is never sad right or that person is never whatever um imagine being imagine being able to say like oh you know that person they just love so well or or that church like i've never seen people who love as well as they do um i don't know i can't think of of uh many many churches or many communities that i can say that about who's who who you could say um you know oh they're they're just lovely people they're people who just love the way that god loved you could point to places and say wow they um you know they do great coffee 
you know they they have a great cafe they have a great kids program they have a great um service you know i always feel encouraged or um, they're great at giving and they always support um you know people in need or 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 whatever but like i don't know of many that you can say uh, well they love so well but but the bible and, and jesus is saying that that he's calling us to love people uh, and uh, through loving people that we'll have that reputation that people will know that we follow God, not by um, us saying it, but by just the way that we love people, that in demonstrating his love to people, that that will be enough for people to say, wow, he's, that's, they're disciples of Jesus. They're doing what Jesus did. One Corinthians 13, kind of the, the wedding, the wedding chapter, right? The one that always gets read at weddings about love. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I thought, saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. So until Jesus comes back, we're told to hold on to faith, hope, love, but to go after love. Go after loving God with all that you have, um, and out of that will flow love for others. 1 John 4, verse 7. Those who are loved by God, let this love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor, but if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him as his love is brought to his full expression in us. And a few verses later in 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he does not love his brother whom he has seen. Cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must love his brother. One thing I want to just highlight in here says, no one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor, but if we love one another, listen to this promise, if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him. I had to read that a few times, and I've read that before, but never really, it's never really hit hit me. Um, do you ever read, read scriptures and, like, you know, 
it's great and all that but then a few years later you come back or a few months later and you read the same thing again and it has this profound impact on you um, you know that's the living word of God that it can uh, that it's applicable to your life uh, in whatever situations this was one of those for me where uh, you know I've read that before and and uh, not to be flippant but you know whatever it just, it just, it's great and all but it just didn't hit me um, but like that's an incredible promise that if we love one another the way that God tells us to that God lives in us the creator of the universe the one who who created us who designed us who who is the author of everything lives in us that's a powerful powerful promise for us to take hold of so the Bible has a lot to say about love, right? That's just a few um, that I've found in, in, in preparing for this. Um, but what does it really, really mean to love? When you, when you say you love someone, what does that actually mean? Um, I think our society has, has kind of taken the weight of that word away a little bit, right? Because you can love all kinds of things, right? Uh, people, and, and people say it as a, you know, it's kind of an extension of just really liking something, right? You, it's a feeling, right? You go from, uh, you know, I really like... Um, football, but I love having a curry. You know what I mean? Like y- you have these 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 loves that uh, aren't really loves. Like you love um, football or food or TV show, right? Love Island. Has anyone seen or watched Love Island, right? I am glad to say that I have managed to stay away from this. But I, if I hear about it on the radio one more time driving to work, I'm going to go nuts. Like people people are just saying they love this show, um, but like. What they mean is they really like it, right? They, they, you just really like that thing. It's not that you love it, but you just really like it. You enjoy whatever it is. Um, and we all have those things, right? And, and like, I say that stuff as well, right? I, I say that I love different things, but really what I mean is just I like it. Um, so we we kind of are conditioned that that love is just a feeling, right? That love is this uh, this nice, warm, fuzzy thing that you feel towards a person or towards a thing. Um, and I think there is there is some of that, but love is also a decision, right? Love is love is a conscious um, decision that that you make every day um, in how you treat people and how you think about people and how you speak about people. Um, love is divine. Love is from God. God is love. That's what the the Bible says. Um, and we love because He loved us. Love is sacrificial. If anything. If there's one word that you can say about what Jesus did, it was sacrifice. He sacrificed for us out of love. Love, that's what love is. It's sacrificial. Love is inconvenient. Love is not an easy thing. Like we, Sometimes we don't even get to the place of loving people where it, it inconveniences us. Like I have a schedule that I have to keep to. Like we have a, a nine and a bit month old baby, like strict, ske- trying to have a strict schedule of in bed at this time fed at this time um, he has different ideas of course with uh, waking up at two o'clock three o'clock four o'clock five o'clock six o'clock uh, but you know we, we have this schedule and then uh, like it's it's challenging to allow to try to be flexible and 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 escape from that and um, you know, try not to lock ourselves down to like, well, if if I have to go and do that for that person, then that means the blah blah blah. All of this stuff goes out the window, and like, but that's what love requires: is sacrifice. It requires um, inconvenience, even, you know, um, where like I really don't want to drive uh, into Dolphin's Barn and and do you know be involved in the prayer tent and whatever. But 
like because it's inconvenient that's like it's ridiculous and i do it all the time like i'm sure some of you can relate to this as well like i do it all the time where it's i i put my personal comfort and convenience above loving people the way that god has has told me to and told us to um and what happens when we do step out like i shared those that story of those four boys there's there's rake more stories just from from four-hour period yesterday where a bunch of people uh, inconvenienced themselves and sacrificed their time and sacrificed whatever it was to to come in and serve and love people. And, and the blessing that God pours out of that is incredible. But it's easy to, to let inconvenience or uh, discomfort or uncertainty or any any of those things to get in the way of doing this. And the reality is that people don't forget it. Like people don't forget when you you take that step to to do something. Um, one of the other stories from the prayer tent yesterday was this. There was this lady uh, in her uh, mid forties, I think, who um, we know in the church for for a long time, and um, she's been an addict since she was fifteen, sixteen. Um, so you know, you're talking close to thirty years of of addiction, uh, on and off. Um, and she she came into the prayer tent and she sat down in front of a man uh, who has been in who's been in the church um, you know maybe a year or two but had been involved in another church uh, um, for for a long long time before that um, and she recognised him as someone who had been inv- who she had had connection with when uh, she was a teenager uh, he used to to drive around and pick up people uh, in his car or in a, in a bus and bring them to church. Uh, on a Sunday, or bring them to you know youth events or or whatever was going on, and she sat down in front of them and she recognized him. And uh, I was sitting across the other side, but I heard what she said and I just wrote it down. Um, she said she said, you know, she introduced herself and you know told told him who who she was, and she said, I remember those that do good that do good to me. You know, people remember that was 30 years ago almost, and but she remembered him taking the time to drive way out of his way to go pick up people, including her, to bring her to, to whatever was going on in church. And um, People remember stuff that, that you might think is just, uh, you know, well, speaking for myself, that you might think is a, an inconvenience or something that you have to do because, you know, everyone else is doing it or, or whatever. Like, people remember that stuff. People remember uh, what love feels like. The other side of that is um, that people people also know when it's not real, right? Have you ever have you ever been talking to someone? I hate small talk, right? I'm sorry. I'm I'm kind of introverted a little bit, um, and small talk is like my my worst nightmare. Um, I went to a um, this this seminar in for work recently, and um, I didn't realize that the first half an hour was networking. Right, and networking is basically just standing around talking to people that you've never met before, hoping that I don't know some miracle happens. And I don't know, I don't, I really don't know what the point is. Um, <laughs> so and I showed up uh, a little bit early because I was like, I want to make sure I get a seat. So I had extra time for networking, uh, and I just I just remember standing there feeling so awkward. I'm like, I I just don't want to talk to any of these people. Like I just really don't want to. Um, and people seem to be having a great time, you know, all chatting and and networking and getting networky and I don't, you know, having coffee and 
pastries and I had the pastries all right but um I just I just, like I just feel f- so fake in those scenarios like where you're just talking to someone and 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 trying to find that connection and um I just feel like it's forced right I can do it in other in other scenarios like I've no problem uh, in church or at in the prayer tent sitting down and and talking to someone because for me that's that's when the Holy Spirit is is driving me you know that's when there's something else happening there that it's not just me being awkward um but like you know when you're talking to someone that it's just forced right you know if you're just, like they really don't want to be talking to me or doing whatever it is that they're doing you can feel it right um do you ever get introduced to someone at a um at a party or at a, like a family event and um you kind of get forced together by someone that you know and then it's like there you you both know about football talk about whatever and it's like <laughs> yeah like you know when it's not when it's when it's not genuine, right? And people know. People know if you're doing something out of genuine a genuine place of love, or if you're doing it out of a tick the box. You know, the Bible says I have to do this. Um, and like yesterday at the big day out in the kids' week here, um, you know, a week or two ago, that's that's when people see the real stuff. You know, that's when people see that we really that we really love people because God really loves us and God really loves them. And so having that that you know that kind of uh that correct like position, you know, being being positioned and doing something uh, loving on people out of a place of love is so important. Um and it can happen that starts long before you even get to to in front of someone, right? You can love on people uh, who aren't even in the same room or in the same uh, country as you. I think our words and how we speak about others are so important. Uh, you can, you can, you can speak positively about people and speak lovingly about people, uh, and and demonstrate love for them without them even knowing it. You know that that pe- people don't even need to know that that you're you're doing things. But you're building them up in love uh, in front of others. Um, the company I work for, we have a, like a small kitchen where we have a coffee machine and everything. Um, and some of the conversations that go on in there are crazy. Like I'm sure you all have similar um, experiences, but like the the amount of just uh, like talking behind people's backs that goes on in that room. Uh, is is crazy like and it's so easy to get sucked in and just to join in and in slagging someone or tearing someone down um it's it's difficult and it's uncomfortable to be the one that says no guys i don't agree with that like that person is 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 not what you're saying or you know to to speak positive positively about someone that everyone else is speaking negatively about but you can demonstrate love for that person in that way without even without ever even having to to see them, uh, you might not even know the person, um, but but God knows them, and God has placed a value on them the same way that He's placed a value on each one of us. Um, honoring people, praying for people, and um, building relationships with people. The the scripture that I'm going to read is is uh, Revelation three, and this is Jesus basically rebuking a church uh, in in uh, Revelation, rebuking them for being. Um, lukewarm so not being hot or cold let me read it and then explain what i want to say and the angel of the church this is verse 14 and the angel of the the church in uh laodicea right 
the words of the, of, the, the, of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's pretty strong. Like God is basically saying, like you're you're better to to you know not be turned on to any of this stuff at all than than to be kind of in the middle. Like either be be burning hot with passion or or just don't you know don't don't take that middle line like don't like what i was saying about uh you know if you f- if you're doing something out of like obligation you're kind of your heart's not in it you're doing what you know the right thing but you're not doing it out of that 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 right place so it's it's harsh but jesus is saying like i don't want that like that lukewarm middle middle of the road type type deal like i want either everything or or nothing um and loving people does not mean this is what the other thing that i took from this verse is not that loving people doesn't mean being in agreement loving people doesn't mean agreeing with a lifestyle or agreeing with choices or agreeing with a way of thinking or um or accepting um a way of life um loving people sometimes means that there's conflict like god says in in this those who i love i reprove and discipline so like how much does god love us more than we can ever love anyone and if that's the way that he uh treats us if he disciplines us from a place of love um that means that uh you know he's not just accepting where we're at or he's not just leaving us where we are or agreeing with our choices that that he he corrects us and and directs us in his ways and so we as Christians, we know we know the truth. We know, um, you know, the, the way to direct people. We know what the Bible says that how it says to live. Um, and and sometimes when when in loving people, there needs to be that correction. You know, needs to be that redirection uh, to God. Uh, you know, away from a certain s- situation or lifestyle or whatever. Um, and that can be hard. You know, that c- that in itself can involve sacrifice, right? Uh, you c- you could end up sacrificing a relationship for uh you know speaking the truth in love and that's hard like you know that that's that's a tough that's a tough call to make and i'm not su- suggesting that we that we go out of here and just start you know ramming the bible down people's throats and and you know rebuking people for their way of life or anything like that relationship is what's key to this like relationship and uh, with someone loving them uh not at a distance but loving them up close like getting getting to know someone getting in and seeing what where they're at so that when you do when you do come to that time of of um of of speaking the truth over them that you have that that built up relationship to to sit on top of not that it that you know that 
wouldn't take a hit but sometimes it does i've i've had relationships where um where you know you share something that god has said or uh, or or give kind of perspective from from the bible on on a certain situation and someone just turns away and just never wants to you know they take it so harshly um and and that's hard you know so it doesn't i'm not saying that it it's the magic way to do everything but if we don't uh if we don't have a relationship with people then it's difficult to to bring that correction or to bring that um to that to bring that input um so we're called to to love people we're called to to be in that close relationship with one another The last thing that I want to to share about is, is, and I mentioned it briefly, is our words. So how we how we speak, right? How we speak about one another, um, even how we think about one another. Um, I shared about in in my job we have the you know the the, the gossip kitchen, um, where where all sorts of stuff gets gets uh, cooked up and and spoken about. Um, and being being the one the odd one out is hard, right? Being the one who 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 doesn't engage or uh, who disagrees or who walks away and kind of chooses to to disassociate when certain certain things are being talked about. That's tough. Um, but our our words and our language and how we speak about people is so important. Earlier on, there was a scripture that said uh, that that people would know that we are disciples by the way that we love people. People will know that that we are disciples of Jesus by the way that we speak about people. You know, people will know by by how we honor people and how we, um, you know, how we interact with one another. Um, in James, there's a scripture about taming the tongue, and um, that you know, uh, that basically the tongue is is uh, has the ability to like set fire to a whole forest and to, uh, you know, basically cause all of this destruction. Equally. You have the ability to to bless people. You have the ability to love on people with with our words, um, and these are the things that I feel are really that that I'm struggling with in in my own life, in in the everything that I'm involved in, that I'm struggling with and challenged by. Uh, in like, how am I? What am I really doing to have a, to make a difference? What am I really doing to to change how the 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 you know society that I'm involved in looks like? To change what it feels like what it sounds like and what am i doing to really change the culture and guide it in a way that would honor god um, and ultimately bring people closer to him and so loving on people the way that we speak about people these are this is the the big thing that i'm wrestling with Um, and so i want to um in closing out i want to invite the worship team back up to sing that uh, reckless love song again um, I want us just to like I was I was challenged by those four boys yesterday, um, where they went from in the space of a like really short period of time, maybe like one or two minutes, from not knowing Jesus to experiencing His love, and then turning and praying for their friend who was sick. So they went from experiencing His love straight away to pouring out that love over their friend, uh, and so I want us to um, finish with with worshiping God, finish with declaring his love, to finish with, um, yeah, 
asking him to to pour out more of that on us asking him to equip us with with more of his love to um, receive more of of what he has for us so that we might be equipped to pour that out onto others the one of the scriptures i said read was uh we love because he first loved us right so if we if we've never experienced that love i want to give opportunity for uh for you to to connect with god and to um to receive that and if you know for me uh, i'm i'm in a place where i just feel like i need more i need to i need to experience more of what he has more of his love more of uh, his peace and his power um and so during worship let's um yeah, let's just ta- let's just be bold and take a stand and uh, and ask God for more. Ask Him for for an outpouring of His love. Ask Him for an outpouring of His presence and of His power. Um. So stand with me and and we'll pray and then worship. We have 